What's good? What's good? What's good? We're here on a Saturday, on a late Saturday. I know y'all not used to this. We ain't either, but welcome to the Chop Up Show. I am Damoto Political Plug. I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world, in the world, Toya G. Uh, and we are here to have a dialogue with you all. How are you doing today, Toya? I'm doing all right. Uh, we are here thriving and surviving. Doing all those types of things. Like you said, it's late, so this is a little bit different, but we in here. Okay. All right. Well, it ain't that it ain't that late now. It's like nine o'clock. We ain't that old. Don't make us out to be that old, Toya. It is midnight thirty over it's midnight. <laughs> over on the East Coast. So shout out to y'all. If anybody on the East Coast within here, like y'all are amazing. Anywhere, I mean honestly, even if it's Tim where you at. Shout out to you, um, you know, out there in the mountains listening to us in the, in the central time zone. Just wherever. If you out there, if you listening, and of course, if y'all catch this on uh, Apple Pods or on Spotify or on Amazon or on one of the many platforms that we are on, shout out to you for just staying consistent and tapping in with us whenever. You know, that's always an option. Oh, yeah. Look, Anthony said uh, it's midnight in Detroit. Uh, Chris John said it's late over here. Like, all right, okay, Look, okay, I get it, I get it. Y'all on the late night creek. What's up to y'all? Though? Shout out to y'all for even saying something. As you know, make sure you say what's up when y'all come in. Y'all can even let us know where y'all from. It's definitely just a blessing to have y'all in the mix. Right. So, uh, really, to get right into it, man, it's it's a very important conversation that I feel like uh, needs to happen, given what's going on in the world of uh, in the world of cable news. Uh, cable news has been the mainstay in how we get our politics, how, you know, a lot of, like, how, how certain conversations are disseminated. And I felt it was necessary just because everything is happening. Uh, to really figure out where we stand with cable news as opposed to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because what we've been seeing is a very consistent decline. You know what I'm saying? A very, a very consistent, uh, persistent um, loss of trust of people in the cable news lane. Now, what really kind of sparked it off, though, was the firing of Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson, which is old news. On the same, on the same day, on the on same, same morning. Right, right. Like Black <laughs> on a Monday, right? Black Monday. You know how, that, you know how to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, got them two up out of there with the quickness, and uh, I, I had a quick conversation about Tucker Carlson. But when it came to Don Lemon, I was like, I don't like CNN. Like I just, it, I've never liked CNN. I'm not invested in anything that's going on in CNN, so yeah. uh, I, I really wasn't tripping. But we wasn't able to actually get get your initial thoughts when it all popped off. So like when when you heard about it, Toya, what was just like your initial reaction? I mean, just you know, chickens coming home to roost in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different contexts. But you know, I think we are at a time where the appetite of people taking in information is one or the other, it's one extreme or the other. Either people are hyper vigilant on how they're getting their news and what the news is saying, and we own to you and we figured out the you know what's happening behind the curtain and we want the facts and we want the truth and we're not playing with that shit no more, or. Uh, 
we down to be mystified and we're going to follow everything you say. And we're very easily lulled by the messages that you have. And we're okay. Not really asking questions or leaning in. We are, you are trusted voices. You are friends of the family. We brought you into our home. Your personalities are, you know what I'm saying? Like I live by how you going to give it to me. And so I'll just wait until you tell me the sense I should make of the world. And I'm fine with that. And so really in a lot of the ways it was just like, Hmm. You know, a lot of people have invested a lot of time in making sure that the news is being held accountable, whether it be through lawsuits with Dominion or through uh, just, you know, a number of events over happening at CNN that's causing their tide to change. Something was going to happen. You know, something big was going to happen. So I wasn't too surprised. Right. I mean, and especially at CNN, you got you had new leadership. They was changing what's going on there. You actually have somebody who, who wants more conservatism at CNN. Uh, running CNN right now, so it's that's a weird place. And viewership uh, plummeting, you know, we've heard uh, just a lot of information about CNN not really thriving and surviving as the outlet and the source that it was, partially because of that, partially because trends and how people take in information, partially because of the age of mis and disinformation, how people have just changed mm-hmm. their appetite for cable news in general. So a lot of things started being death kneels, right, to what CNN had to offer. So yeah, it was a wrap. Wicked. Uh, and but what we what we are starting to see though, uh, we actually starting to see a lot a lot a shift in how like the younger generation even views cable news, uh, specifically uh, as it pertains to the news that they would get from social media, right? And how and mm-hmm. based on really how much news we get from social media. So let's if we just look at some of, some of the information out there. U.S. adults under thirty. This is according to Pew Research. Uh, now trust information from social media. Almost as much as national news outlets. If you if you look here, look at the graph here, you'll see that uh, in that under thirty group, you have uh, social media sites literally almost on the same level of national news organizations and local news organizations. And as you can see in that under thirty group, there's a rise in trust that you find in, with with uh, social media sites, and you see a, a persistent decrease in what we see. Uh, in local and in local and national news. Now that that's not the same. You know what I'm saying? The older you get, the less trust you you see in uh, social media. But it, but with that new generation, you know, like which pretty much they saying is like taking over everything now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They're literally starting to say that social media sites are are pretty much as legitimate as typical uh, as what we know as traditional normal social media or, or excuse me mm-hmm. cable news media. Now. It's getting even worse. Toya, we're getting to a point where people feel as if cable news is deliberately, flat out, lying to them. According to uh, this mm-hmm. article in Fortune, there was a, uh, a study that was put out by Gallup that found out that people felt like... Oh, let me get that corrected here. People felt like... Uh, when they were asked whether they agree with the statement that national news organizations do not intend to mislead. So to be clear, when they were asked whether they agree with the statement that national news organizations do not intend to mislead, 50% mm-hmm. said they disagreed. Half the people watching it said they disagree with the idea that they, that they don't intend. Only 25% agreed. So that means you had 25% yeah. of people on the outs. Right? <laughs> right. They, right. they, they was on the outside. You had 25% of the people that was like, I don't know if they doing it on purpose. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? So do, do any of these numbers surprise you? 
I mean, they don't. You know, I think the way that we have come to kind of use news as a way to figure out and understand the position of people, you know, I mean, think about it. How many times have we read headlines of somebody being shot or killed or seeing the picture that they decide to use? And we ask ourselves why you chose this picture over this picture, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are so many different examples from wordings, from selected pictures and things like that, that tell you that there are people who are actively, the button pushers are actively participating and making sure their particular approach or their vision of what the story, how the story should exist in the status quo is prioritized, right? They're going to push it how they want to push it, even though they get to argue it's the news, right? If you read it, there are facts. It's happened to 70 people. I wrote 70 people. This is how many, you know, like, so they're able to say those things, but there's always what they call in that industry spin. And so mm-hmm. just to kind of give some of the history of the news, if y'all didn't know back in the day, you didn't really have the ability because of it, the lack of numbers of resources to get your news. And I mean, back in the day, I'm talking about horses and carriages and going to the picture <laughs> show. What you what the way you people used to get their news, first of all, you wouldn't find out about news that happened, especially internationally, for months. Some be going on three months from the time you get the news, and you wouldn't know it unless you went to the movies, Look. you bought a movie ticket, you sat in the gallery with everybody, regardless of what they thought and what they believed or whatever, and they like publicized, they did a news story ahead of the feature film that you were about to watch, kind of like we had previews now. So back mm-hmm. then there was less of an incentive to get into how we, we just need to put it. You just need to know they have an award over there that they go at these dignitaries and, you know, world leaders are meeting over here. You also need to know what's happening over in the next county. But they that's how people got their news. It wasn't a whole bunch of choices or selections or flavors. It was really about, you know, making a point. And we'll talk about this later. But that dynamic of, you know, made to order, have your flavor, have it your way, make sure that how you talk about the round of dining room table is the same thing you think you'll see on your TV. That style of news has evolved over time. The desire to entertain as well as give you the news, which is something else we're going to come back to and, and, and plug is going to talk about, also started to be, you know, of, of importance. This is why they will have, you know, special interest pieces and, you know, different personalities and have, you know, the feel good segments where they might teach you how to cook something on the morning news. And then over here, they'll highlight the teacher of the community over, you know what I'm saying? And they'll shout out the baby's birthdays. I've seen a number of things on the news to make it more captivating to a bunch of different audiences. And so we've seen before us, right. That, the, the, the desire to make even knowledge about what's going around us more appealing to people meant giving it to them in a certain flavor in a certain way to get them to come back to at least get some type of information about the world. Digging into these comments real quick. Thank you for that history, Toya. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more history in just a second. But digging into these comments, uh, uh, J University said, y'all go live while I'm drunk. It's like that, man. We, we got, we, we it's Saturday. We know how it is. Uh, yeah, Anthony York up. said, uh, uh, Chris John said, I'm done with cable news. Anthony York said Twitter is definitely my news source, which I, Toya, I think you would say that. Yeah, I was about to say Toya said the same thing because Toya be which is same. so sad and that there's a reason for that though, and we'll talk about it over time. But yeah, keep going. Uh, Chris John said I, I I get my news from social media. I just like it better. Jay Universe said getting news from social media is crazy. <laughs> so, so he felt a little bit differently, and then Chris John again said today anyone could be a journalist. I just rather listen to black journalists and bloggers on social media, straight up. And we and, and we're gonna yeah. talk more about that when we get into like the rise of independent media. But I do want to point out uh, or just give a quick history lesson on how we got to what cable news is in the first place, right? Now, first, understand that we got cable news simply because Ted Turner 
the dude who started CNN, somebody told him that he couldn't make an all news channel. So he was like, hold my beer type shit. Right, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's that's how we get CNN, where this was the first all news, all day uh, TV channel. People had their concerns, what was necessary, right? The reason why they didn't think that you could have an all day, all news channel was because it's like, what you gonna talk about all day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what ended up happening though, was after CNN was established in the, in the early 1980s, we end up in the Gulf War. And what CNN was able to do is they were able to have people like boots on the ground in mm-hmm. uh, like uh, in, in the Middle East during the Gulf War, right? That was able to like literally give people like real live shots and like real perspective on what war was. In real like. time, real time conversations about, you know, breaking news and how things were developing. Right. Uh, then. So they blow up after that. The next thing you get is they, they got this. They had the straight up shot of the challenger space shuttle explosion boom mm-hmm. another spike in popularity again because you did if all you're doing is talking about news this is the only newsworthy shit oh my god a tragedy right so okay but we already starting to see that like okay they're getting that popularity based off of like really sensational tragic shit and then mm-hmm. the next boost in popularity that they had was with people from texas the only people that probably remember this it was, it was baby jessica in midland texas fell into a well uh, it sounds familiar. <laughs> right. And so, you know, again, CNN is covering every inch of that, like every second of it. It's the, uh, hour three of baby Jessica in the well type shit, right? That's that's how you get that. And so CNN pretty much based on them, like tragedies and sensational events, was able to hold on to cable news popularity until the other two out of the big three popped up, which was MSNBC and Fox News. So mm-hmm. when, when those two pop up in the mid-90s, CNN had competition. So it, it couldn't just, it, it wasn't just about, okay, yeah, we can kind of, kind of get it sensational. Nah, it was about racing to break the news. Who was going to be the first ratings. to break the news? Yeah. Ratings. Ratings. Exactly. It's a ratings bonanza. I don't know where I got that phrase from, but I feel like it's from like some show or movie with reporters trying to fight for ratings and shit. Because yeah, because at this point it's like we all like everybody like even social media media itself recognizes that it's all about it's t it's still a TV show, yeah. TV shows is based off ratings as a whole, uh, and so that's how we get to where we are today with like the constant rushing to find whatever breaking news. What is the most sensational headline? What is the most wildest shit we could say is breaking news? Because at this point, all news is breaking news. They just want to be the ones to say it first. You feel mm-hmm. me? And Mm -hmm. that's where cable news gets us to the point where it's like really peddling controversy because it's like, how many, like how many people can we get to tune in during this time? Right. Can we, and and can we compete with like, you know, our, 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 our our competition? That's why Fox news been running the game for a long time now because all they do is run off white rage, white fear. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and white controversy. Like they live off controversy. And we gonna talk more about how that how that became problematic in a second, but uh, the uh, what I want to touch on though, lastly, when it comes to cable news, is what's been more so recently exposed and what's became recently a big deal, and that is the Fox News and the Dominion lawsuit. So what you have is Fox News then settled over seven hundred million dollars with Dominion Voting Systems. For all the bullshit that they was talking during the election, talking about Dominion voting systems was changing the election, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, 
that's how we get to people feeling like there's this mistrust of the government because or, or mistrust of cable news because it's like damn like we feel like y'all straight up lying to us and then this dominion fox lawsuit come out and we find out actually yeah 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 y'all been y'all been bold face line <laughs> like a bold face line y'all can see here mm-hmm. some text messages from tucker carlson somebody who came off on fox news as, as a big supporter of donald trump somebody who loved donald trump rock with donald trump right but if you look at his personal text messages uh here he's he's uh, quoted as saying we are very close to being able to ignore trump most nights i truly can't wait he goes on to say, I want nothing more. It does It does feel very close. I imagine things will get uh, nice starting around mid-February. Then he goes, this is Tucker Carlson. I hate him passionately. Talking about Donald <laughs> Trump. I blew up at Peter Navarro today in frustration. I actually like Peter, but I can't handle much more of this. This is Tucker Carlson speaking candidly about how he really feels about Donald Trump after mm-hmm. building his career off the Trump presidency. Entertainment. Is it now? Is that a surprise? Is is that shocking to hear to see to you? I I think it is wild when what you already assume becomes real. You know what I'm saying? Like I think we already, especially one of the things we pointed out a lot of times on this show was that you know Fox News already has the disclaimer on their you know information that this for entertainment. But it was a it's Tucker Carlson show specifically that is for entertainment purposes only, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, with that already being signified, like you, you in your mind kind of think, man, this can't these these people can't be real. Like we how many times have you looked at something that the that Fox News has said, something t- Tucker Carlson has said, something that uh uh Geraldo Rivera has said and been like, bro, you are not a real person. Real people with real minds, critical thinking skills, heart or mm-hmm. soul wouldn't say half the shit you're saying. So this got to be an act. This got to be a shtick. You know what I'm saying? But you say it kind of in jest because you know these people are really, okay, we ready? It's real people waiting for the mic to come on, waiting for the camera to come on, and they sit there. And so the other side is you looking at them like, nah, that must really be your truth. And it's just, but only in moments like this when you show these text message conversations do you realize, no, it's really a game. These people really is out here playing a game. They are playing a character. They are playing a role. They get a check to come on to say some things. And in real life, they mean nothing by which they say. Meanwhile, uh, Meemaw and Granddad over at the farm somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, eating the shit up. And it's just like, okay. Believe believe every word of it. Uh, Chris John in the chat also agreed. He said he also was surprised, shocked. I'm baffled. Like, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> if you if you look further in, into the Dominion case, this is just some of the quotes that, that I pulled from the actual uh from the actual uh one of the filings where they did they showed like the internal communications where Sidney Powell was one of Donald Trump's main lawyers that was pushing the election lies. Tucker Carlson had her on his show many a times, like mm-hmm. bigging up what she was doing. Behind the scenes, he was calling her a crazy person, a lunatic. Says she's dangerous as hell, a nutcase. But he had on, he had her on his show night after night after night after night. So are we surprised when half the country says, "I think they're deliberately lying to me"? I think they're deliberately lying to me. The dude said, "I hope she's punished for what Tucker, what she was doing on your show, asshole." You don't. How you ask if she should be punished? For what she doing on your show, you should be punished for supporting her. Punished for having the show. Yeah, it's, you, you, know have, you provide a platform for the bullshit. Pl- provide a platform for the bullshit. So that's so that's where we are in terms of uh, cable news, 
right? Like the mm-hmm. like the biggest shit right now is Fox News is coming off a bill like damn near a billion, which they probably gonna end up coming off a billion because they got more law they got more lawsuits down the line, right? That's a part of the reason why people say Tucker Carlson got cut loose was because the more text like personal text that started to come out that he was that he was a part of, the more bullshit that was coming out that that. If he's still a part of this organization when this shit come out, it's not going to unravel right under his feet. Right. Uh, now, I say this, though. Say this, though. He's been the cable news guy. Right? Like, I've always, because I've, I've told people straight up, I watch cable news not for the narrative. Don't tell me how to think, goddammit. I, like, I, I, I got a mind of my own. I watch it for the facts. There's something happening in the world. And they ain't got shit else to talk about, so they're going to put it up there. You feel me? And so it gives you at least a starting place to know some something happened. Okay, cool. L- let me let me do more research to get a full understanding because like when they start doing the space. You know, and it was weird. I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation about that. We were like talking about the news and you know, we both some want to know what's going on in the world ass niggas. So we both like whatever, whatever. And I was watching news. She was like, I watch the news, but I don't watch it like you watch it. I don't watch the news like a lot of other people watch it. Like I'm not here to you know, fall in love with this narrative or to get their spin or whatever. I just want a general idea about what's being talking about so I can go start piecing, you know, the story together for myself. And I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm a sharp, I'm a pretty tough, smart, sharp cookie, right? So I'm I do a little critical thinking myself. But for a minute I did catch myself being very comfortable in what was provided to me as opposed to looking at people who even though they sound like they're giving my version of the news, right? This liberal news they got these black and brown people up here they got they're talking about these particular stories in this particular way that i should still have a high level of discernment and be judicious about how i'm taking in and interpreting you know what I, what they're proclaiming to be the facts right? right so it did it gave me a moment of it was a jolting right it was a very obvious piece of information and wisdom but it's like yeah i forgot i'm supposed to be skeptical of you too yeah i mean and so uh, i think oh go ahead continue. oh well real quick in well, the no, chat, uh, but knowing that his show got so much attention and viewers, I get sick thinking about the kind of power he can attain with a podcast and similar media. That was the point I was making right. in, the, in the other joint, in the last video. Y'all go check that out. Now, what was you about to say, Toya? Well, not just that, you know, when it all comes down to it, especially, you know, in, th- in terms of the skepticism that I needed to have, you know, a healthy amount of skepticism in whatever I'm taking in, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of the Russell Brand video that um, got posted to the Chop Up Show page that you had posted a while ago that just really illuminates. And and this is a phrase that I use before and that I use often, what's happening behind the curtain, right? Always understanding that never on the surface, first of all, whenever we get the news, it's old. It's passed through so many hands. It's the same criticism that people say about the Bible. They don't trust it because it's passed. Not that there's not an ounce and iota of truth in it, but that it's passed through so many hands and by the time it gets to me, it's It's been politicized. You know what I'm saying? Like, And so in the same ways, the the behind the curtain, the news exists the same way. It's passed through so many filters and this, you know, like even with COVID and that, I really, my, I got hit to that with COVID. Like, you know, in a world where the, the goal was to get news out to people, it was, it was a big flashy new thing. People were jarred by it. So the goal was to get mm-hmm. uh, news out fast. And for the first time, I feel like the pacing of when we got news and when the government got news was a little bit closer than it had mm-hmm. ever been before because everything was so dynamic around us and everybody was trying to keep up. 
But what it also showed me is that there's always a lapse. When they know about stuff, it's not when we know about stuff. When they start having outward conversations about stuff, it's not when it gets... Like, there's a huge separation in timelines. You ask yourself the question why in a broader sense, and then it gets us to that Russell Brand video. So real quick, just kind of because you're the one who dropped it, and I thought it was dope, but explain just kind of what it gets into and what it ultimately concludes. So y'all go check out the Chopped Up page of... And it, the, the Russell Russell Brand is speaking on how at the Chop Up uh, Show, by the way, at the Chop Up Show. If y'all not already following, go follow the IG at the yeah, Chop Up Show. Right, don't, right. don't be that person, right? Uh, but what, what Russell Brand is is on his podcast. He's speaking about the companies that own the media companies that uh, that we get our cable news from, and because mm-hmm. so many of those companies are owned by people who like the pharmaceutical company, right? Owned by military contractors. Right, owned by like shit like General Electric, you know, like those those large conglomerates. Well, if it's certain stories that they could talk about that would actually undermine the bottom dollar of the uh, the, like they big boss. So not just the not just NBC Universal, but the people that own NBC Universal. You see what I'm saying? And so if if they know that, well, for example, they're they're the people that own NBC Universal also owns pharmaceutical companies. Well, if my TV shows are is doing something to push people away from pharmaceuticals. That's a problem, right? right. Like we we hustling backwards. That means that one of my assets is undermining another one of my assets. So mm-hmm. because NBC, Fox News, CNN are owned by these larger corporations that got hands in so many other pots, it's certain stories that they can't talk about. Because it'll be undermining the money that's being made in the other places. You feel me? And this is why I bang with NPR so much, right? Because people will interpret it automatically as a liberal news network or whatever. But it is a public domain news network that goes. And of course, just like any other outlet, they go and find the stories that they want to talk about. But they are very muchly objectively based. And like, I mean, literally, they're in a battle right now with... Twitter, because Twitter has marked them or given them their blue check or tried to give them their blue check and make them keep the blue check. And if y'all not hit the Twitter blue check controversy, that's a story for another time. But Elon Musk is trash. So with this whole blue check, they they, they tried to make them keep it because they wanted to label them as a, um, you know, a partisan organization or a government organization or government affiliated, but they like, no, 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 we are the news of the people. And I point this out because they are sponsored by um, entities like Google and like um, um, Apple and this, this and that. And so they do negative reporting on Apple, on Google. They tell the story about layoffs that they've been doing. They tell the story Mm -hmm. about different uh, uh, lawsuits that they're experiencing because of things like discrimination or uh, uh, privacy information sharing, all these different stories, exposés, if you will. Have been about these organizations, and then at the end they say, "And we have to say that we are supported by Apple." Um, you know what I'm saying? Like I love it every time they be in their ass. I'm like, "Damn, nigga!" Like, and we do have to mention that we're sponsored by Google. Yes, tell the truth about the bullshit Google belongs. Yeah, tell, tell us about how. And then, by the way, say, and our commitment to you is so heavy that we do got to know if, in case you look. They paying us. So it actually goes against their interest, against our interest to expose these things. But because y'all also benefit i mean i'm sorry donate and create mm-hmm. this type of new station this new station and its existence y'all are shareholders that we care about and privilege more than our relationship with them you know what i'm saying so that's what news to me is supposed to look like and feel like not the rest of this shit that we've been getting and so you know i think you it, it the the partisanship 
You know what I'm saying? Between the capitalism and the corporatism and then the partisanship that's a part of, of the news. Yeah, the corporatism it makes it hard kills to stop it. it. Yeah. Yeah, the corporatism, the corporatism kills it because it's, I, mean, I think the, I mean, the partisanship kills it too. Like, well, I, I think the, the so the partisanship. Well, you know how I feel about the partisanship though. That the partisanship aspect is like that's theater, that's the joke, right? Like that's the that's the hook. You know what I mean? It's not just here's the news. The partisanship is there's somebody looking for that liberal slant. Let's give it to them. There's somebody looking for that conservative slant. Let's give it to them, right? And that's why and, and that's I'm, why I say. And that's why I say before before you respond to that, um, like we were talking about before, cable news attempts to do two things. It attempts to inform. That's why it's called news. But then it also attempts to entertain because it's a TV show. And it does both of those things terribly. It's not entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, shout out to Lee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to Lee, man. Who who actually is a good example of of edutainment, right? But yeah, like cable news is, is isn't good at either one of those. And and I also feel that even the partisanship gets in the way so much. This is why there's a difference between leftists and liberals, because yeah, MSNBC is 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 a uh, liberal like partisan leaning, right? Not even leaning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's liberal liberal partisan uh, show or channel. Tiffany Cross. Uh, had a, a show on MSNBC for a little bit, and it's a and, and I, I won't even say I was surprised, but I appreciated how black her show was. Like mm-hmm. whenever whenever there were black headlines and things that, that were uniquely uh, being discussed in like black social media circles, black timelines. One thing mm-hmm. that we did, like I would see those conversations on Tiffany Cross show, right? But they got her to fuck up out of there. Hey, Melissa Harris Perry too. Melissa Harris, yeah, Melissa Harris Perry is another one. Even, even on, further now. back, yeah, even further back. So, and so you know that, and that kind of displays a lot of like my relationship with uh, with cable news. But Toya was the first person to actually introduce me to podcasts, and I think the first podcast that I actually listened to was The Read. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Chris shout out to The Read. And Crystal and Kid Fury. Fury. Shout out Kid to the Blueprint. Fury, yeah. Shout out to the yeah. Shout out to the game, man. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was actually the first podcast that I ever listened to, and I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like Toya, you could do a better job than me than kind of like so because I could give the cable news breakdown, but like I feel like, mm-hmm. um, how has podcasting taken over how we get the news, how we get information? I, I think over time, right, uh, podcasting started off as a very niche endeavor, an individual who didn't mind, you know, public speaking and hearing the sound of their own voice, which is everybody's, you know, as a communication scholar, you can definitely say is 97% of the American public. It's probably not 97, a little bit lower than like 91, um, but have a fear of public speaking. And so a lot of people who didn't have that fear, but also didn't have the platform, you know, it was like, oh, snap, let's get into this. Literally, the Chop Up Show, if y'all don't know the origins of the Chop Up Show, the Chop Up Show, uh, we we started recording in like 2016, maybe 2016, 2017, me and Cam G, shout out to Cam G. Shout out to uh, Cam G. And we just got the idea, man, y'all been even hearing about this podcast thing? Yeah, man, how can we, like, yeah, I, we ain't, but me and, I was in California, Cam was in Dallas. And so we like, man, me and him is on the phone. We also talking about these podcasts. We know about the read. That's really the only one that is big. That's like growing in a very small niche part of media. But we're hearing the buzz about podcasts and stuff like that. And me and Cam being the 
intelligent people we are having phone conversations like, well, more people need to hear this. We, hey, you said that, bro. Like, hey, that's facts. That's facts. We talking real. Like, oh my God, like we killing it. More people need to hear this conversation. Like really just like we dropping bombs and, and, and we chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? And more people need to hear about it and know what's going on. And so from there, went ahead and jumped on the, the podcast scene. I tell that because I was the only person you know what I'm saying? On my timeline, I was like, hey, I got this podcast. Like, hey, listen to this podcast. Like, so people weren't really doing it, right? Maybe one or two every now and again. But in terms of it being new, over the last decade or so, because I say, eh, not even decade, I say the last five years, more and more people figured out that if they can get enough people to like what they're talking about, and they don't, you know, can get out of just being special interest, they can do everything from investigative reporting and look back on things that happened before. They can do uh, special retelling. So everybody who loves podcasts about, you know what I'm saying, true crime and stuff like that. Like, let me tell you the story as it really happened with all the juicy details. People started, yeah. you know what I'm saying, getting on and wanting to make projections about you. the future. Huh? I lied. What you, how, how? The Read was not the first podcast that I actually What was the first part? Serial. Fucking with Raheel. The world, yeah. yeah. You my, know what I'm saying? Like wife, the serial podcast about uh, Adnan. Adnan. So it was a it was a murder podcast. It was it was about like him murdering his girlfriend and him being accused and mm-hmm. like what like all the iffy things about the case. So the first podcast that I that I heard actually was serial. But yeah, go ahead. Because when you said he was like the, I mean, the, but- uh, the crew, the true crime breakdowns, I was like, oh yeah, that's actually how I heard about this shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I like that is a type of news. You know what I'm saying? Like it is more historical by nature. Mm -hmm. Right. But it is programming that allows for people to be enlightened by facts, details and objective information that regardless of whether you believe or disbelieve, you know, who done it and why that these are the facts. And here's how we want to present them and package them so that you can make those decisions yourself from there. And what we started to see over the last few years. And of course, we know that the pandemic exacerbated or really pl- proliferated, I think is the word that I want to say, uh, podcast and just kind of spread them out everywhere, it exploded yeah. on the scene, is now people really paying attention more to the pandemic, more to news and what's happening around them in general, more to the skepticism about how they get that information. And so they're like, I could tell it way better than what's happening. You know what I'm saying? On the on the 10 o'clock and the, and the, and the, 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 the 9 a.m. and the 10 a.m. I mean, the 10 p.m., right? I could tell this a whole lot better. And so now you have people who are a podcasting in general b podcasting on a schedule this is not a hobby for them this is a grind this is something that they do they got nothing but time to do it so now they got a rhythm and routine you know what i'm saying we i mean if you pan to me and the plug they were actually on way before the pandemic happened we was already rolling moving and grooving around that time but even we were like yeah let's get a commitment to really picking up and talking about what's happening around us from week to week the Mm -hmm. world is in chaos the world is in peril and so from there you got two things happening at the same time. You got a healthy mistrust and distrust because of healthy mis and disinformation in the news that we're getting on cable TV and even what we're getting on our local news because news affiliates still, you know, come from the ran by the same company. Ran by the same company. So you got that dynamic happening at the same time that people are thirsty for information and have an easy peasy, damn near free platform to get on and be able to share their voice. Yeah. Hey, come on. <laughs> yeah, we back. We back. It was just a quick like we had a quick little uh internet mix up. But yeah, we back. We good. Yeah, I was just talking about how podcast uh, you know, turned into the news and here we are today with people who 
you know, prefer to get their day to day. Now we're in an era where, ironically enough, it went from no podcasts and podcasts not being really something we focus on to now people are begging podcasts to stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think a meme in our community is stop selling really black men podcast uh, uh, materials and uh, equipment, right? People want the selling of mics and, and, and ring lights to be paused and halted immediately. But really, I mean, I think in general, it's so many voices and spaces. You literally had the Joe Rogan show, for example, mm-hmm. having... You know what I'm saying? Like people taking ivermectin in order to, to to cure COVID. You had ridiculous conversations and people who shouldn't have never had platforms. Kyrie at times, right? For example, right on different podcast platforms, you have the Draymond Greens of the world now who get to be like ridiculous about stomping on somebody's chest. Like, bro, why do you even <laughs> you should have to face the media? You shouldn't be able to run in your little hidey hole and turn on your podcast equipment and vindicate yourself. Ooh, like you should have to go through the tough task after you stepped on somebody's chest and having to look in the cameras and being like, so, right? But he didn't have to do that, right? Or he at least got to tell his side and and do it in a way that got the, the grill off of him because of podcasts. Now, some people... Uh, uh, but when it's all said and done, it's not about Draymond. It's more so just about the oversaturation, a lot of people say, of podcast and podcasting. I don't know... I mean, it, but we also recognize that everybody takes in the news. Not everybody listens to podcasts, right? It's, it is still very niche in its own little way. So, things right. to consider. It, but no, it, it it is, and I think that, like, so for me, that's where, like, I look at, like, I look at podcasting as like social media. You know what I'm saying? From the standpoint of, like, social media gave us control of media. Like we like mm-hmm. like we able to con- create and control like the images and we can, can we control like to to a degree right by based on what we like and what we ignore we able to kind of like really filter what shows up on our social media type shit right and so what ends up happening is uh like to me podcasting became the new talk radio what Joe Rogan did does isn't new you know what I mean like you you've had Pirate radio stations. You had niggas that had radio stations that all they did was talk about all the shit that niggas wouldn't talk about on the news. And I ain't gonna lie, I used to listen to talk radio. Like a lot of my conservatism uh, that that I that I listened to what, what was outside of Fox News was more so like conservative radio stations in Oklahoma. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, it's, and the shit that they was on. So, so that's more so that that's where I really got my first like taste of like what that kind of feels like and that's why i feel like podcasting was something that it was easy for me to kind of transition into because it was already something i was rocking with like that and so like to me like podcasting is just independent media kind of like what chris john said in the chat that it was just like you know any like like black people can be like yo i don't need to have like access to some larger bigger institution or some or some larger group or or person for me to get, for me to be heard. If enough people rock with my perspective, they can just listen to me because all all I gotta do is click a button and, and we live like we live now. I mean, and you know, I think that's what made Twitter dope. Like you know, as a as a beginning and kind of epicenter of what I think social media became po- capable of mm-hmm. on a political platform, on a branding platform, on all those different levels. Twitter really set the tone because 
it became a space before your favorite figurehead, political leader, entertainer, whatever, had an Instagram, before they made a Facebook, before they thought about a Snapchat, they had a Twitter. And so we were able to hear from the horse's mouth, hear from the source about a lot of things. If, they, if somebody wanted to set a record straight that the news got wrong, they went and talked about it on Twitter. If there was some issue, if there was something and people wanted to need to know people... People needed to know it instantaneously. They would tweet about it and then at the same time do press releases and wait for the news's rotation or wait for the print media to get around to get to it. But the tweet was right there for you to understand what was going on. And so the legitimacy that Twitter had in terms of being news and being social media was its ability to tell the story from the source. Right. All you needed to be sure of was that it was actually that person speaking or talking to somebody who represented them. And you were good to go. Similarly, with podcasts, what we've seen is that when you want to know from somebody, how much think about how much news has been ro- broken, or how many stories we get told, or how much new and refined information we get from pods from somebody sitting on there, and they're like, "We didn't even know something was coming out today." Said something was coming, or we didn't even know it was this crazy, or that the issue played out like this, or that these people were beefing, or whatever. You know, through, through podcasts, and I, this is one of those moments too where I am curious about if podcasts exist in other communities the same way they do in the Black community. Because I think Black people, as usual, have uniquely taken this medium and done something unique and special with it in terms of sharing information. So I don't know if Latin people look at podcasts and what they provide in the same ways as news in their communities. I don't know if white people, if, uh, you know, Asian folk, I don't know how people, but I just know us as Black folk, like, we have literally especially in the areas of what we like, news and entertainment um, and media. I mean, news, entertainment, and even sports, are, I guess I would say, we get a lot of information from that, right? Think about the Ime Udoka story. Like, as a Celtics fan, I was burnt up, you know, about the possibility of losing my coach and the fact that something was happening. But Matt Barnes and them, because they had their, was like, oh, my God. I mean, but exactly. He could be on the way to Houston. No, they did. They went ahead and hired him. He's now the coach of the Houston Rockets. But yeah, shout out the Winter Dragon for sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just the ability to control the spin in another way, right? You have another voice. You have another perspective to offer. And these pods becoming super important, right? All you need is a platform like ours, and now you can tell your version of the truth. And i like to also shout out to Sean, who, you know, will pop up in here on this every now and again. When we took our little winter break hiatus, I still got the screenshot of my phone from where he's like, where is the chop-up? How will I know what's going on in the world if I don't have the chop-up show? So that said a lot to me about the role that even me might play in some people's lives in terms of how they start to understand the world around them. We, we also are news, right? So I think pods are social media, pods are media, pods are news. And it's interesting how they've gotten in that position because now I think it makes it even harder. And this is, I guess, I, I, a question I could ask to you. Do you think with podcasts also function as, as news? Do you think it makes it harder? Do you think it makes it easier to ascertain the truth or the facts about things? Because it's like you would think with way more sources of information, right now we're getting a thousand different versions of whatever the news is, whatever the truth is. Is that good or bad compared to having cable news or just going to traditional forms of news, your your newspapers, your radios, or whatever? Like, which one is more effective to you? So I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think I think it's the same. I think it's the same. Because it's like we, we, live in the, we live in the information age, but the more information becomes readily accessible the more misinformation becomes even more prevalent. And I think what happens is we all have Google. I think we sleep on Google, 
right? Like having access to Google gives us more access to more information than any of our any other time, uh, any other group of people in history. You know what I mean? Like we for us to be misinformed as a people kind of speaks to like the failure of modern civil society. Mm. Oh, oh, when Dragon said he couldn't hear me. Okay, we, I'm, we're back in the mix. Oh, uh, but uh, the fact that we have so much information readily available, mm-hmm. like easy, that so many people just go with like the first thing that people say. You know what I'm saying? It it tells you that the the accessibility information is never what it never was what drove people to you know what I'm saying want it in the first place. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we have to like nowadays we can look at things like we have uh, a confirmation bias and we have uh you know like the the fact that if you want something to be told like if you want somebody to tell you that something is true you can go anywhere on any social media platform and find somebody and telling find you that somebody exactly. else to be like yep sure is so so like well we could be like all right I, I want to hear somebody talk good about Joe Biden I'm gonna go to MSNBC if I want to know what Joe Biden did good for the country I'm gonna go to MSNBC CNN if I want to go, if I want to hear anybody talk shit about Joe Biden, oh, easy, Fox News. Any question? Mm-hmm. Boom, I'm right over mm-hmm. there. That's a word. Social media, the same freaking way, right? Yeah. The, but the, the only difference is, though, the only difference is you start to see a lot of the things that's like getting outside the bounds of what, what what's considered political correctness. You know what I mean? And so it's like you get a podcast. I'm the type, like, okay, I want to hear somebody talk shit about black women. I can find a podcast to somebody talking shit about black women. I want to hear somebody talk shit about uh, uh, white men. I can find a podcast to somebody talking shit about white (laughs) men. But the the issue, though, is that because we live in an anti-black society, we see that what's desired in society also being reflected on our social media. And where I think and where I think social media is is a bit more dangerous and why and why we get it's it's something. and because we're going to talk about regulation in a second, but why, like, that's a good thing for, uh, like, the major news uh, uh, companies is because our world, our society is built off anti-blackness. This means mm. that anybody that's able to, anybody that's kind of able to push that type of, push anti-black rhetoric is going to get some social capital. Any anybody right. pushing anti anti black woman rhetoric is gonna get some social capital. Anti black male rhetoric, social capital. Anti black queer rhetoric, social capital. Right. The problem with that is that you get more black people that are willing to say this anti black ass shit mm-hmm. because they know it's somebody looking for it. It's an audience for it. It's not difficult to build an audience shitting on black people. Absolutely. Because most audiences are built on shitting on black people. Yeah, most like conservative audiences are built by being like, yeah, like if I if I wanted to be, I, I always said if I wanted to be like really just blow up, had no integrity, and <laughs> and I, I and, and sometimes I wish I was that type of nigga. Like when you know what I mean, as as we struggle to build this as a legitimate platform, I wish I was that type of nigga. Because look, if I got on here and was like, black women stop having kids, yeah. <laughs> Do y'all right. know how fast I, we would blow up? It, or, or Toya even getting on here saying the same thing. But like Toya, right. if Toya got on here and said, y'all queer people doing too much, and I'm a queer person. Right. Eat it up. Eating. 
We would like yo the chop up would be huge if we was on here pushing conservative anti black anti queer anti black woman bullshit. Mm-hmm. We, we would we would just we would remain pro black male and pro black family, but then everything else if if everything else we talked about was shitting on black people and you know what I'm saying it we would be one of the biggest podcasts on YouTube. Quick one too. <laughs> it's just not it's not in me though. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's why I be saying, like, it's niggas, it's niggas that sit on podcasts and sit on YouTube and, like, and feel like it's necessary to be anti-black because it sounds smart. Because it sounds smart. But because wanna, it sounds different. But it don't, it don't even sound different. It's just, I'm a black person saying something other black people ain't saying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like that, and that's, it's, it's the pick me shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the yeah. nigga that's willing to get up there and say, "Well, all these black people are saying that racism is real." I'm gonna be a black person and say it's not real. <gasps> y'all gonna hate me because I'm a free thinker. <laughs> I don't think like the rest of y'all, nigga. We think like that because we experience racism. Stupid. We don't think yeah. like that because we've been brainwashed. We yeah. we looking at the material reality of being black in America and the circumstances that create uh uh uh, uh that, that 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 are created from it, and that's what we're responding to. You and and the people that say that type of shit. Now let me end my rant with this because I because I, <laughs> I, I feel myself because I I got a, I, I got some minutes I got like thirty minutes in me worth the shit worth, worth the material to go on. I'm not gonna do that. I appreciate your time, so you. Um, but it's 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 the desire to to be different so that you aren't grouped in with all black people and the stereotypes of blackness that push us to be like or put when I say us, I'm saying black people to, mm-hmm. to espouse anti black talking points, anti black woman talking points. Um you know what I mean so we so we can sound smart on the internet. But also sound dumb on the internet. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't really think it's a question as much as a comment that I got, was tickled by. Uh, my homeboy was like, you know, just like other forms of media, since everybody want to have a podcast and be all serious about that shit and it be a new craft. It was like, I think this shit need to be regulated. You know what I'm saying? The same way the news can't do anything, the... The 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 tele the television the newspaper can't do any old thing the television print news and print media can't do any old thing you can't put any old thing on the radio mm-hmm. that there needs to be some type of because just everybody is jumping in the ring saying you know talk listen to me talk and if you you know care about what I have to say follow me and I got you and it's interesting now I don't think it's serious because I don't think the FCC has the ability to regulate the Wild Wild West of this podcast what I will say though is We've seen, and I, I go back to the Joe Rogans of the world because he ha- he's had multiple problematic conversations with multiple problematic people who I think propel and prop up terrible narratives of different things. I think, and I mean, to bring it full circle, you know, I think a lot of people have said that your Tucker Carlson's of the world, right? He's so big. A lot of people have said he got so big and so prominent that he don't even need Fox News no more. He was the apple of their eye. He was the person who was running the show and bringing in the ratings. So in a lot of ways, all he got to do is just float over to, if not another on-air cable news network, then just another podcast, podcast that's getting over a millions, listen, millions of listens a week and raking in money and having these types of sponsorships. And so you do have a world where 
his 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 the harm he's done. Right, the lies he's peddled, the deception that he's been comfortable enough getting on, it doesn't go away, baby. It just slides itself over, reconfigures itself to another platform. And so I think that's the ultimate gotcha where it's like, at what point do we got to be like, you got to pass a competency test or some ethic, something to hold you. Yeah, yeah nah, nah, to you. Nah, not nope. re- regulation. No, no. I mean, okay. first of all, Regulation legitimizes the resistance. You don't think you'll pass the test if somebody gave you if you had to take the <laughs> no, oh, if I would pass the... no, no, I'm not passing nobody's <laughs> test. I I matter of fact, like I'm 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 a terrible test taker and I'm so I'm I'm so rebellious. The fact that they wanted to test me, I get all the answers wrong and then say try me. Right? I have time for you. Uh right. The thing right. You're I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, teacher. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry you went from being a part of the resistance to being a, a, a part of the opposition. But that, that's not the end of that. That's not the end of that. You wanted a good regulation. Reason, so let me regulation and reform. That's all I'm saying. And yes, I am. Google me. Uh, write my professor, Professor Latoya Green. Hey, no, we are actually, here. actually, I do challenge y'all. If y'all want to know how dope Toya is, go to her. Rate my professor shit. Just, just. Go it's all right. Just, just it's go. all right. Um, it's okay. But, <laughs> Very okay. But 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 I do think that regulation becomes a problem because as a black person, that shit ain't never worked out in our favor. As much as we want to be like, yeah, let's get some regulation so that these white supremacist podcasts can be problematic. And like Dinell said, but who regulating? That's the question. It might be necessary. Exactly. But it it's ain't going to be us. It ain't yeah. going to be us. Tucker Carlson was able to get on Fox News, which is regulated. And build an audience by pushing shit like the Great Replacement Theory. He was able to do that on Fox News. He doesn't need to go to pot. Now, I if, again, go watch the video that I did on Tucker Carlson. Um, I kind of explained a lot of what, like, really specifically what Toya yeah. says, how how he's actually more dangerous in, in the independent media sphere. However, what Tucker Carlson was able to do successfully, which made him a media darling at Fox News, was his ability to normalize fringe white ideologies white ideologies that in most cases were not allowed in 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 polite company right polite conversation tucker carlson made them more polite i'm trying to think it was like a theory that you had i'm keep talking because it's gonna come back to me and be like oh this thing but it was like it also had to deal with like the normalization of the, uh, oh, white, the white genocide theory. So, like, the conversation that C- Tucker Carlson would get on would be defending what, the Great Replacement Theory, which was a French that. white nationalist theory that, that said that uh, that European elites were allowing uh, Muslim and other brown countries to immigrate into, uh, uh, into France and other places to pretty much wipe out the white populations in those countries. Mm-hmm. When it got to America, y'all know when America get anything, no matter how, you know, kind of sophisticated France tries to portray <laughs> itself, when America get any goddamn thing, they make it redneck to the motherfucker. So it went from yeah, the yeah. great replacement theory in France to being the white genocide theory in America. <laughs> <laughs> right. They had, to put so, some teeth, they had to put some teeth in it, man. Had to put some teeth in it. So that, white so genocide! Talking, right. White genocide. Why? Because genocide is language that we use. 
Exactly. It's language that because that's something that white supremacists have been accused, white co- uh, colonizers have been accused of. Exactly. The genocide of the, and you know that it ain't nothing like a white person trying to be be. Hey, they trying to commit genocide on us. They trying to be racist against us. Misandry, right. shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I think the issue with regulation falls onto like Donnell asked the question: Who's doing the regulating? Um, it'll never be us, and like the 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 anti-blackness is able to get by regulation because it's so normalized. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, look at, and, look at and, how and then we end up being like, oh, you say like you can't say white on TikTok. You say white black on TikTok, like you get in the community vi- you get in the community guidelines violation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and this is a pla- and you can't say nigga on TikTok without getting a community yeah. guidelines violation. But God damn it, I swear to God, every uh, if you look at the top ten songs that are trending on TikTok, I bet you they all say they, all got they sure do. So yeah, no, nah, I can't, I can't and, with the regulation. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not wrong. I'll just say that you know, there's an amen in the world where, uh, like Twitter is another place. Like they're supposed to have moderators and people making sure and people who are paid money but of course as soon as the right got into the wrong hands and was bought by the wrong person all of a sudden people stopped figuring out how to you know press the nigger button and they was just mm-hmm. like nope let them fly no problem yeah. you know what i'm saying that the, the mm-hmm. fa uh expletive expletive ot word the refer let, let it fly you know what i'm saying like it just it exists now and so you know, on other platforms and other spaces, not only do they get away with it, but it's boosted. It's, it's you know what I'm saying? Regulations are taken off of it so it can exist. So we already know who is going to be the target of those regulations or who won't be allowed to influence or determine them. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, when I think about the way we just take in information, uh, I use the word judicious, root word judge, to make sure that we're constantly using our best judgment. Um, we also have to defeat and and not even we have to defeat but we're also about to have to fight ai right so now i we have to worry about not only if our ears are deceiving us but now whether our eyes are deceiving us as well um and that's gonna be something that uh i mean i've been listening to a lot of reports about it that just i'm scholars and um um innovators and tech specialists alike are just like something interesting is brewing and we got to find a way to jump on top of it and figure it out so much so that you know with ai we heard that Drake in the weekend song that had the Pope in the video and the damn goose down with a with a chain on and this, this and that. You know what I'm saying? Just a whole bunch of stuff that's not real. But Drake's legal team had to take action on it um, and legal action to get a cease and desist to get that stuff shut down. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. They have done so under the precedence of current uh, uh, copyright laws, and copyright infringement laws. But the way that the AI, the technology works those old antiquated laws that we've been able to rely on to set a precedence will now not be nearly as effective to deal with and speak to the sophistication and the discrepancies in these types of cases because this is an uncharted territorial world we've never existed in before. So now even the legal ways that people can be held accountable accountable for falsifying information, for presenting something as true that is indeed false, for accrediting and attributing something to somebody, a lot of that is, is going to be more difficult to peg down. And so we have to put on on our thinking caps we have to put on our scrutinizing eyes you know and going back to why you know i forgot who in the comments was like i get my news from twitter part of the reason i do is that the way that it's a it's a quickly populating timeline where i don't really have to wait for a lot i just press refresh and i got 50 to 100 more tweets i get to confirm it because i got 15 different people saying the same thing on my timeline i can go to the comments and see a whole bunch of people 
talking about, you know what I'm saying? So they're sifting through and having those conversations for me and kind of confirming themselves from what, I mean, less and less these days with reputable news sources, right? So mm. I'm also, the way it's populating and being curated is is effective, but the AI is, again, just like podcasting, even wilder, wilder West, right? So it's a lot of questions we have to start asking I'm ourselves about what we take. I'm going to be honest with you. For like the last week, I have been listening to like other artists like cover whole <laughs> like I listen to I listen to Tupac do Always on Time with Ja Rule. Um I listen to uh I literally listen to Biggie do Hit Him Up. I listen to Pac do Who Shot Ya. Like it the what AI has been doing like with, with like voices and fa- is it's actually crazy. Um But do but you that, know I, this is the last thing I'll say is that they actually out here though using already AI to scam people, and I'm talking about in the worst ways. Y'all also need to be aware of the fact that they're using AI. So our voices exist on social media. We do the chop up show. Y'all can you can go find my voice right now, either on my HD IG, the Toya G IG, the chop up show IG, all a thousand different places. And what they're doing is actually being able to strip your audio files and reorient your thing. And so this new scam that's out here happening to Americans right now is people are being called and their voices are being manipulated to be like, oh, my God, such and such has been in a car accident or such and such has been kidnapped. And they are demanding ransom or they're demanding money or. But here's how it's viable. Right. I think there was one fluke where somebody called somebody's parent and was like, I'm right here with such and such. And they're being arrested right now. They ain't handcuffed. They're about to be taken away for causing an accident or whatever. So we got to bail them out. So we need you to send money. And they've been able to manipulate the person's voice and say, mom, I need you to help me. I need you to send money. And then people have, what's your, what's your mama going to do? Oh, you right there with them right now. I don't have to hurry up and come. Okay. I just send the money. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. Send it to the money to them. And then they're not even calling the person to confirm first because they thinking you in the handcuffs. You can't get to your phone right now. So they send the money, send the money, send the money. Now you call and talk about, hey, mom, want to know if you wanted some lunch? I'm on the way in the neighborhood. What? What do you, I just sent money for your bail, right? I just sent money because they said you was in the hospital incapacitated and, you know, the difference between, like, people are literally getting scammed because of AI. So we have to have, you know, be on our P's and Q's out here. And I just I just wanted to tell y'all stories to just let y'all know how real and how ugly it's getting very quickly. By the way, very fast. These developments yeah. are happening. Um, so, the last thing I want to I touch on, because uh, we we actually going to need to do a show on AI now. Now that you just said, because I didn't hear about that. But I have been but I have been listening to, like, covers of songs from other artists. Shame on you for supporting oh, me. Like, AI. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Voice we but, don't support but we got to do this, though. We got to do this. Uh, because at the it, uh, actually, let me pull up this quick article uh, that speaks to how uh, podcasts have been used to spread information like a motherfucker. Uh, excuse my language. Um, I'm saying excuse, but like really, I'm saying excuse my language. But uh, so uh, this article from Global News pointed out how podcasts uh, have become misinformation machines and what can be done about it. Uh, and this more so speaks to like really we saw a proliferation of misinformation at, uh, when we saw uh, uh, during COVID. There was a lot of there, there was a lot of niggas was talking about COVID was give, like coming from five G. Five G towers were activating uh, people. People were getting. Uh, I think like, Carrie Hilson had the nerve to try to tell people that shit. Did she? 
I think she did. She was responsible for disseminating those those untruths. Um, but as, as this story points out, is that podcasts, have, uh, as they have exploded in popularity, some are becoming machines for spreading misinformation. The proliferation of a bunch of these podcasts touting everything from COVID-19 misinformation to pro-Russian propaganda is just general sort of far-right agitation that's exploded in recent years, said Justin Ling, a freelance investigative journalist who covers disinformation and extremism. One of the main places that we saw some crazy disinformation from was one of the most popular podcasts with uh, Joe Rogan. Um, when he was, like, what it, like, he, he told somebody to, uh, or he was telling people about, like, a COVID cure or something that they could do. Like, some, if, uh, something that they could do. The ivermectin? Ivermectin, yeah. Like, nigga, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You know what I mean? Uh, and so, we, and so you see like a mass proliferation of just wild nonsense when it comes to like real si- like shit that we should really be taking serious. And with mm-hmm. took, uh, and with uh, Joe Rogan being one of the most popular, like if not the most popular podcaster in the country, I would say Joe Budden, but that's more for black people. It's definitely Joe Rogan by a lot. But like the deal, people getting like multi million dollar podcast deals and shit. So uh, and shout out to NPR Independent Media. Y'all can go check out that uh, that that interview about uh, how Joe Rogan and them be spreading that dis- uh, be spreading that disinformation. Um, but what uh, what what's crazy is that on, not only just on the level of disinformation, but as we talked about on the level of anti-blackness and those issues, um, what became. Like in terms of how we look at podcasts now, it's like like really like all right, y'all niggas is tripping. What what was like the the linchpin for you to be like even bring up this question of regulation? Because what do I talk about regulating podcasts? But we but there has to be some type of uh, like actually like li- like literally there, there had to be some type of social social something to take place for even the. I mean, for me, it was that you had people telling people you were telling people to take horse medication. To get horse pills. Yes. To take the medicine from the horses and take it and and have it and pass it around to your family and friends and give it to your children and do all types of weird shit. And that, I think, was probably the worst, most gross use of your your power and your strength. And then, I mean, part of me is I want to have sympathy for it because people were desperate, right? But people are also in times of desperation. That is why people in power and control and what I call the button pushers have to be even more vigilant and responsible for the information you're telling people. Because, like, bro, people are scared and panicked, so they're going to do whatever. The people dying, dropping like flies. I was okay yesterday, had a little cough today, dead tomorrow. Like, we was literally watching that in real time. And you out here telling people to take horse medication and doctors is literally being like, don't take that shit. And you like, yeah, take that shit. You invite more people on there. You tapping videos and follow-up conversations, like digging your heels in. And that was the first time that I really peeped. You know, just like, you know, no one man should have all that power. Like it's really wild how many, and I feel like in the same ways, I will never forget. I will never forget the feeling of pure unestimation that I had in my soul when Donald Trump won the election to be president of the United States. And I said, never again would I underestimate the nooks and the crannies that fools will hide in. And so when I looked at Joe Rogan's situation, I was immediately reminded of never again being don't let it surprise you and fool you how many just illogical, just non-unintelligent, non-curious, non-skeptical people will be eating it up, chewing it, and spitting it out. 
And that was my proof that I was like, this shit is just too far. It's just too much. You got too much power to just press record and just be saying stuff. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I wish, I wish, I wish my criticism was that noble. Uh, I wish like it was like mine was like more so like like literally had like that like real life like life or death impact like ah y'all killing niggas that's why podcast is problematic. I felt like I was like yo podcast is on some bullshit. When every time I got on social media and I was looking at a reel, a short, or a TikTok, the first one that they always showed me was some nigga mm-hmm. talking about <laughs> what black women should and shouldn't be fucking doing, who they Kevin, fucking, who they Kevin fucking said, with. Kevin, man, you Not niggas have ruined podcasting, bro. All of his disciples. Fuck fresh and fit. Yeah. You like, I mean, and, and it's like, and I want to slap all the, you know, everybody that they bring on to their platform because it's just like, it's just like you get like it's Instagram model after Instagram model after Instagram model that sit with these like, and the only reason they they bring them there is to demean them. It's it's to demean them, but because mm-hmm. they got a little bit of numbers and they probably pay them a little bit to be on there. It's like we get this content. Now every nigga think he a relationship, you know what I'm saying, guru. Every nigga think that he that, that he understands gender and like the, the psychology of women. Like like Stop. it's a science. Bro, you niggas is slow. Yeah. <laughs> like niggas is whole ass dumb out here. And and the advice that you hear be such bull. These be single niggas. These be whole ass niggas that that, that, that ain't even in that, that ain't even in long term relationships. These be right. whole ass baby daddies. As much as niggas be talking about baby mama, this it's all, it's it's one nigga on YouTube that be talk that be calling women baby mama terrorists. You whole ass niggas is baby daddies. Yeah, and y'all got the nerve to be talk like telling people about uh, who they what should, is his should name? Who they could be with. Sit down what somewhere. Y'all niggas have ruined podcasting. I'm tired of I seeing would- it. I'm trying to remember this dude's name because he's the OG of it. I think I knew about him before Kevin Samuels. I'm trying to remember his Derek name. Jackson. Nah, not Derek Jackson. He's te- not not Derek Jackson. The person I'm thinking of is like terrible to black women and has always hated them. I'm talking about he was on my radar back in college. Oh, what is his name? Uh, I used to know it and be able to spit it out because he was so terrible. But he was like a he was a YouTuber more or less. But I feel like he kind of got with the times and transitioned more to podcasting but i i it might come to me while we're talking but just terrible terrible i'm just thinking about these people's og you know what i'm saying who 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 paved the way for them but we definitely can't stand who, who the, the, the more yeah. iteration yeah like no nah, it's it's like for me it's it's whole last like i hate it bro like i hate like niggas that complain about miss andry like niggas that use the term modern woman Right, any manosphere conversation, anything associated, any manosphere adjacent conversation, like y'all niggas have literally ruined podcasting by thinking that, like, well, not only have y'all ruined podcasting, niggas didn't set like the uh, black black men and black women relations back at least ten years. Absolutely, at least ten years. Like we supposed to be moving away from plantation patriarchy. Y'all niggas have embraced it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We supposed to be moving away from the ways in which white men have shaped how we understand uh, relationships, sexuality, etc. 
Y'all chasing it. That's the standard for y'all. And and it, and it come from niggas who tell you that they free thinkers. That's the irony in the whole shit. That nigga, right. think, according to the niggas that, that, that think that modern women have issues with, you know, you're the, well, the reason why you can't keep a man, nigga, why you ain't got no woman? Why yeah, can't women stand yeah, to be around you? My lord. You feel me? And that, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other show, but that's, that's essentially <laughs> what broke, the, was the straw that broke the camel's back. I remember I just, I, like one morning, you know what I'm saying? Like I was uh, doing my morning rituals, you know what I'm saying? Taking in, you know, my... Everything that's important to me in the morning, <laughs> you feel mm-hmm. me? And you know, I'm 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 tapping in with social media as a you know podcaster, as a social as a as a, a budding influencer myself, if you will. Right, 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 right. I'm taking in my morning social media, seeing what's up. And when the first three posts is like, man, see women when y'all look at relate swipe. Why is it that black women swipe? <laughs> Black women continue to swipe. God, I got off TikTok. I was like, fuck it. I, I don't even want to be on this shit no more. Like, God, it, it, ruined, it ruined the whole social media day for me. You feel me? And and, and I'm a nigga that podcast. And so I didn't want to say it, but I got to a point where I was like, niggas have ruined podcasting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't you make it. Because, like, you're my competition. And there's more of an audience for people who want to hear niggas who... All, have have consistently partaken in in uh, toxic relationships. Been the toxic one in the relationship. Come on. But complain about the toxicity of the like you don't and, make and, and want to and want to bring people on who can point out that toxicity and then shout them down and be able to do it because it's your show. Right. So yeah, you want to seem like you chest beating and posturing and on and, and on the right side of right. Well, it's all manufactured by you to make you feel that way and look that way. So sure, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of confirmation bias. So it's yeah, so like that's that's pretty much what broke the straw. Like was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Like I, I, I think that like as we, you know what I'm saying, approach the end. Like we've been here for a little bit. It's Saturday. Thank y'all for joining us on the Saturday. It's ten o'clock on the, on the West Coast. So everybody else that's listening, unless you're on the West Coast, we know how late it is where y'all live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Look at yeah. your eyes. Look at her face. Okay. Look at her face. Uh. But that's why I say, uh, I, you know, so as as we approach like the the back end of the conversation, I just I, I just think that as much as the the problem that we feel with social media, like I, I think that like as as independent media and podcasting becomes more uh, 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 like more trustworthy and a more viable form of of media, especially for the younger generation. Uh, I think it's necessary for it to be some like a some sort of balance between like the fresh and fits and the chop ups. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sorry that we give y'all like rational, logical. You know what I'm saying? Like non-inflammatory, non-disrespectful, but informative <laughs> conversation. You feel me? Yeah. Like I feel like I'm an attorney. I feel like we entertaining entertaining enough. But the one thing that we not gonna do is we not gonna give y'all the sensationalism. Right, we're not gonna give y'all the the uh, the niggardry. I mean, so much so that we started to find ourselves kind of falling into a pattern of grouping and scooping up those stories and trying to make them, you know. And, and there there's some gems and knowledge and wisdom to be found in everything to be talking about. But we even wanted to stop chasing the most salacious stories out there and trying to put an intelligent spin on it and just being like, man, we'll let them have that. You know what I'm saying? Instead, we'll try to either take a 
very solid and intelligent angle to it. And I don't want to say intelligent because I feel like that's coded and that marginalized and boxes certain people out. We ain't no better or no smarter or more educated than nobody else. It's just about having conversations. We all are getting intellectuals. In our own way, right? Conversations and substance actually mean something by the time the conversation is done. Mm-hmm. Like, my favorite trend on Twitter is now when people recycle the same 20 relationships, dating topics, who you won't let you sit in the front, your mama or your girlfriend. Uh, is a threesome a train or is it not, right? How many times are we going to run these same stupid conversations into the ground? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> is it a train or a threesome? Is it a threesome or a train? But these are all the same, like stupid. Our two hundred dollar dates, first dates, too much, right? Like the same conversations. And so, what people have Should done on Twitter, pay people, all the bills, or you know what I'm saying? Like seriously. So when people pose those dumbass questions, people on Twitter have taken to retweeting them with important, interesting factoids fascinating information, things that people did not know, like completely changing the subject. So you'll post that and people are like, did you know the history of volcano eruption, volcanic or like, give me something educate, give me something different from these same spin cycle conversations. It's my favorite thing because then you look in the comments and nobody is acknowledging what was retweeted. People are actually like, I know I didn't know that. Here's another interesting piece of information that now goes with it. Like, it's great. So people want more. They thirst after more. Shout out to y'all for meeting us on that level. Well, we're trying to keep a toe, keep a whole foot, dare I say, in the culture. You know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to run from it. We need deep in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm up to my waist in it. But at the same time, trying to find ways to not fall into the same tropes and the same patterns as every other outlet that exists that claims to have something important to say. Right? I think that's important, too. Yeah, and... I mean, just even this conversation, like we like, I, I mean, just for the sake of we, we're going to be transparent with y'all because y'all are audience. It is what it is. Uh, this, we're trying to be thought leaders, right? And a part of the reason why this, con- like why this conversation came to me is because as much as we talk shit about cable news, podcasting is going in that direction. And as much as we want to be like, oh, it's independent. That independent shit don't mean that it's viable. It don't mean that it's that that is true, right? It, yeah, you can take away whatever corporation and control or whatever, but just because it's somebody's opinion that you agree with, like, who the fuck cares, right? And so, like, the, what what the chop up is here to do is is like again that conversation of the conversation of um, you know cable news versus podcasting. It it it, it, it really don't matter the medium. If you ain't, if you don't have that discernment, now my you know to my religious folk, we, when you talk about that discernment, we know we we know what's up. But but just from a from a, a plastic standpoint, hey, but, amen, brother. Thank you, thank you, sister, uh, sister Toya, appreciate you. Uh, but from a scholastic standpoint, discernment means being able to hear information, recognize what's relevant, but also being able to to, to take apart on what's uh, on what you feel and what you know. Is somebody mm-hmm. trying to tell, trying to get you to believe something a particular way, right? And so, regardless of which medium you associate yourself with, best be able to recognize when somebody wants you to believe something, and mm-hmm. then what's necessary for you to know in order to know what's going on in the world, right? Those those are two separate things. Toya, last words. Hey man, when you know better, you do better, right? So if anything, I don't really care where you get your news from. Just Keep asking questions. Keep staying skeptical. Stay dangerous, as they say, right? And and recognize that you know you don't have to take it how it's being given to you. 
You know what I'm saying? But I feel like a lot of the people in here already know that. So in that case, just share this video. Share the top of show information and content. Share these conversations. Make sure they're in the rotation. You ain't got to put no caption out there. Just hit the little arrow that make it share and let people come to their own conclusions. But also, if you want to tell them a particular moment in the show to go listen to, a particular conversation we have in this lit, do that. You know what I'm saying? Keep funneling people you know, to our path and also keep us updated. This is why y'all should be following us on IG. Because if y'all not in the comments, breadcrumbing us to good knowledge and good information and good sources of news, you know, you're not you're not really helping us out. You're not sharing in the process. You're not being the chop nation. So whether it's on IG or whether it's over here, share with us information from perspectives you think are good or necessary or useful that have, you know, a point that you would like to take us and talk about, Take for us to take up and talk about all of those are what help keep this you know, as the generation station where we're constantly coming up with new angles and new ways and new ideas to make sure we're talking about stuff that actually matters. That's my last word. Yeah, so y'all make sure y'all let us know what y'all, the conversations that y'all want to hear. Y'all are Chop Nation. Plus y'all are a group of people that want to be educated, want to be informed, and don't want to get caught up in the same carousel or the same bullshit conversations. With that being said, yeah. uh, uh, we will still see y'all Thursday. Um, y'all make sure y'all subscribe to the Chop Up Show on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the Chop Up Show on YouTube uh, and follow us wherever y'all get y'all. You know what I'm saying? Just just Google the Chop Up Show and you'll be able to follow us wherever y'all get y'all podcast, wherever y'all get y'all social media, everything else. With that being said, we appreciate y'all. We will see y'all Thursday and we out.